Welcome to the Great Communicators podcast presented by the MIT Office of Graduate Education, a professional development podcast expressly designed to bring lessons from the field to our graduate student researchers. My name is Adam Greenfield, and in this episode, what a speaker can do when it comes to determining the right kind of language to use when communicating with an audience. Also, we'll find out how language and a communicator's reputation, like it or not, are intertwined. Our guest in this episode is an MIT professor that, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but, well, I kind of disagree with him on some things. I mean, look, he's an accomplished scholar that shapes minds at one of the more prestigious universities around the world. And I'm, well, I'm just a podcast producer. Clearly I know when I'm outmatched and underarmed. But it's just, I mean, I don't know. Let's just get to our guest and see what happens. Try not to show you're panicking. <laughs> That's Ted Gibson, an MIT professor in the Brain and Cognitive Science Department. And I'm a professor of cognitive science here at MIT. One of Ted's areas of expertise is the study of languages, how they've evolved over time, and also how they're used to communicate with an audience. And when it comes down to it, there really is sort of this delicate dance between language and audience. Ted suspects that a preconceived notion or fact about the audience plays a role in the speaker's mind about how this dance begins. I think people talk to who they think their audience is, right? So I will talk to you based on what I think you know. And I will talk to an audience based on what I, I mean, if I have a good audience design capabilities, and people will vary greatly on that. So depending on what I think my audience knows, I, I will say different things. And so there's like a lot of research on this is that, I mean, we actually don't know how people vary on this, how different individuals vary, but there are, there's definitely better ways to talk to people depending on what they know, right? So depending on what the common ground is, and if I understand what our common ground is, then I will describe things at a very different level depending on what I think my audience knows, right? If I think they know all kinds of uh, math about, say, communication theory, sort of information theory, this guy Claude Shannon worked out this all the stuff, and if I think they know that, then I'll just start talking with technical terms like surprisal and entropy. And if I don't, then I can explain all those. I will have to work through what the details of those things are, right? And explain, and I, I would tend to do that anyway, because I, in, in any audience sort of situation, because I sort of think it's important to bring as many people in as you can. And you're not just bringing them into the conversation, let alone an understanding of what you're trying to convey. You're actually giving them insight into what makes you, you. Right or wrong, they're going to make a judgment about the kind of person you are. Language serves multiple functions, okay? So language is a communication function, but it also serves the function of letting others know who you are, right? So it, it has some social functions of not just, communi- so that you're communicating not only, you know, some predicate argument structure about some things that you're going to be doing today and what, whatever these things, but you're letting people know by the words you use some features of yourself, Okay, so what words you use in what context, you know, if you use swear words or whatever, these kinds of things will, or if you use slang terms, people will um, make generalizations about who they 
properties they think that you you may be in some way or other. And 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 some people will certainly think negatively of you for for some things that you may say in some contexts. And so you got to be careful of that. See, now that's what I've been saying all along. I'm not saying that's right though. I mean that's just, you know, that's not I'm not advocating that. <sighs> but you do you should be aware that people make inferences based on what you write and what you say, you know, how you talk, how you write. So if you spell things wrong, people don't like it, right? So a lot, I mean, not people, but some people, and so that's always a problem, you know. If and I, it's an issue if you know if you spell the word there wrong, people, a lot of people get so upset about it. And and, uh, and <laughs> but but they, so the argument is, you know, the people will say who don't like that 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 doesn't that's failing communicate communication. It's like, but it isn't, you know. It's actually completely predictable in that context. It's interesting to me, though, why. People, myself included, can sometimes see that as failing in communicating. But is it really? According to Ted, we've been taught it's failing when maybe it really isn't. It's failing because of some sort of social conventions where that you're, you're telling me when you, when you don't spell that correctly that you're, you don't care enough about our, our conventions like of how we should spell, how you should know. It, it's not a problem for me knowing what you meant in that situation but you're actually conveying to me that you you didn't learn enough about what the spelling conventions are in english uh to get that right and so then you're you are conveying to other people which might be negative so you i mean i would tend to be conservative on this and try to figure out uh, you know you know follow those conventions in some ways but but i i also i don't really like those conventions <laughs> so <laughs> i don't think it's so bad I just can't seem to let go of this idea that how you speak and spell really matters, even though it was expertly pointed out that I need to get over it and a little context goes a long way. But there is a common ground the distinguished professor and I can agree on, and that is to at least know that if you don't agree with some societal expectations when it comes to grammar, right or wrong, you risk losing your audience. And to some, following grammar constructs shows you care or you don't. And when it comes to knowing how to best communicate with your audience, if at all possible, try to find out a little about them first. This will go a long way in the language you use and how big of a first step to take when that dance begins. Thanks for listening to the Great Communicators podcast brought to you by the MIT Office of Graduate Education. My name is Adam Greenfield, and feel free to talk amongst yourselves. This podcast was written and produced by Adam Greenfield. The executive producer of this podcast is Patrick Urich. The Great Communicators Podcast. The Great Communicators Podcast, Brad Comics Live, Brad Comics The Game, and the Technically Speaking Comic Book Series are part of a professional development initiative called GradX. GradX is made possible by GradX is made possible by the Office of Graduate Education at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. To find out more about GradX, as well as get access to other episodes of the Great Communicators podcast, go to to gradx.mit.edu. For more information and links on the music used in this episode, please see the show notes.